I had by chance identified a massive gap in the world. You got to find something that nobody's doing, right? Either you invented something or you had the courage to seek a path of, like nobody's doing this through writing, through, through hard work and research. Um, now I travel the world and I go to places where battles have happened. I became the guy, but I can convince people really quick. And that's, you know, that's, that's important in business and in leadership. Can you convince somebody of your idea? Opportunity meets preparation. Identifying the gap is, you know, step one, but that's, that's not going to get you there. Uh, I had to do a lot of work to be urban worker. You have to create moments or there are moments which you have to respond to. Um, if you can evoke the emotion in a person, they'll follow you into the depths of hell. And that's, and that's powerful. Welcome to the Thought Leader Revolution with Nikki Ballou. Join the revolution. There's never been a better time in history to speak your truth, find your freedom, and make your fortune. Each week, we interview the world's top thought leaders and learn the secrets of how they built a six to seven figure practice. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice. Welcome to another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. I'm your host, Nikki Baloo. Boy, do we have an amazing guest lined up for you today. Today's guest is a new friend of mine. He and I have actually had another conversation on my podcast for men, the Sovereign Man podcast. He is an author. He is a thought leader. He is a veteran of the United States armed forces and he's just an all-around great man i am speaking of course of none other than the one the only the legendary john spencer welcome to the show john <laughs> thanks brother it's glad to, to talk to you again yeah good to have you here so john people who listen to the show tend to be entrepreneurs they're the men and women who've got the courage to go after a dream and they listen to the show because they want to learn and be inspired by people like you but before they can open themselves up to you, man. They got to get to know you. So tell us yeah. your backstory. How'd you get to be the great John Spencer? Sure. So I'm John Spencer. I'm my current job is the chair of urban warfare studies at the Madison policy forum, which is a, a think tank in New York city. But before I did that, I spent 25 years in the U S army rising up the ranks from private to Sergeant first class, and then became an officer, did two combat tours into Iraq, one the invasion and another in 2008. Um, but I also led a, an amazing career of um, advising four-star generals, working the Pentagon, teaching at West Point, creating a research center. And then I found a passion for writing. So I started to translate a lot of those experiences that I was given and, and lessons I learned and into articles and books. Damn, I love it, man. I love it. I love it. I love it. So um, you've built yourself a um, bit of a niche, if you will, or niche, as you folks say in America, in the space of urban warfare, you've become known as the go-to authority, as the thought leader in that space. And I want to have a conversation with you uh, on two fronts. First of all, obviously, we want to talk about exactly some of the things that are important for people to realize, given the current uh, environment that we live in. 
right? Uh, and I think that's timely. But secondly, from a thought leadership point of view, I want to talk about what got you attracted to this in the first place and what is it about your interest and how you pursued it that's allowed you to rise up and stand out in your field? Because I think that's what people listening to this are interested in. They want to know how they can do that with their area of expertise, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's a great question. How, how did, you know, even I sometimes look at like, you know, a 16-year-old kid out of Indiana that joined the military becomes, by some definitions, the world's leading expert in a field of study, urban warfare. Um, some of that's based on the opportunity I was given. So I was given opportunities of like being in the Pentagon and studying mega cities. But of course, somebody had some mentors of mine had taught me how to ask the right questions, how to do research. Um, you, know, my my mentor, you know, a saying he always told me, and I, and I think it's the way I rose was in God I trust. All others bring data. <laughs> I love it. Uh, you know, there's only type, three types of lies, brother. There's there's lies, damn lies, and statistics. <laughs> but I mean, some of that's uh, storytelling. But the the U.S. military is a giant bu bureaucracy, and sometimes they'll do things just because that's the way they've been doing it for a long time. And then, like you said, I. I ended up becoming a thought leader. So some of that was based on experiences, right? Just as a soldier being in urban warfare um, and realizing that I was in places that had no real preparation to deal with it. Um, but then I, as I was teaching at West Point, um, I started writing about some of my experiences um, and some of the stuff I was writing was going viral. So that's always amazing feedback as you're, whether you're an entrepreneur and identifying the market whatever that I had, I had by chance identified a massive gap in the world there, And it's really interesting. People think that, you know, we just, we do have, we have a million man army and there's not one office, not one person allowed to study one specific type of combat, like one specific environment. You know, there's different environments around the world, right? There's high mountains, jungles, Arctic, um, we, the way we work, that, that intellectual capital to really assign somebody. So I, I often tell people, even like people that want to go have a PhD, like the, the biggest part about a PhD is to finding what somebody else hasn't already done, which I know this is your world, brother, about business. This is you, you got to find something that nobody's doing, right? Either you invented something or you had the courage to seek a path of, like nobody's doing this. And I think I could, you know, whether it's you know, Shark Tank or you, you, you name it. There's a process which gets you identify you have something of value. Um, once I realized that nobody was in that space, I I took the path, and through writing, through through hard work and research, um, now I travel the world and I go to places where battles have happened. I became the guy who has studied it, but also can communicate the gaps in fighting in urban areas, fighting in cities. Um, you know, and I've also, some of that's through the ability to communicate, right? So you can have a good idea like, and you could have something that nobody else is covering, but if you can't communicate that. So I, I, I've for years have now been on, you know, massive forums, United Nations, NATO, militaries around the world. And within a, you know, 30 minutes, I can communicate that there's a gap, 
the fact that the world is over 50% urban, the fact that most developed parts of the world are 80% urban. Like you can't fight and really not be in some type of urban environment around the world today. It's very hard to do, uh, but I can convince people really quick. And that's, you know, that's, that's important in business and in leadership. Can you convince somebody of your idea? So um, that's the path I was put on and, and I've had a blessed path to get to where I am today. You know, I want to unpack a bit of what you said, um, sure. because you said in business, you need to be able to convince someone to persuade someone that what you have to say is relevant. But the way to do that, uh, I think you correctly outlined is by identifying the gap, the gap in people's understanding and what's actually going on. So in the world of the military, there's a problem of fighting and winning battles and wars, right? That's like the generals, they're what keeps them up at night. That's it. How do I fight and win, you know, battles and wars, right? In the world of business, it could be, how do I, um, how do I make more money? How do I uh, create a culture of uh, people that want to be here, that are excited, that are, that are for each other? How do I, um, get rid of employee absenteeism, you know, and if you're a business owner, maybe how do I become healthier because I'm about to drop dead because I'm like 30 pounds or 50 pounds or 80 pounds overweight. These are the questions people ought to be asking is, first of all, what are the gaps? What are the pain points? What are the problems that people are facing? You identified a real problem. Hey, the world is urban now and we don't have a whole lot of expertise on how to fight urban battles and win urban wars. I'm like, holy crap, that's that's important. That's an important thing to understand. And you show the generals and the, the political leaders, yeah, yeah, you got to figure this out, right? So if you're in business, you got to be thinking to yourself, okay, the world has changed now, man. There was the COVID lockdowns and, uh, you know, all the other craziness that went around. And there's all this inflation in Canada. We call it just inflation. Uh, shout out to Pierre Polyev for... Uh, using Justin Trudeau's first name, just inflation, Justin's inflation. It's uh, it's good stuff. So, what do we have to do to 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 address how to be successful in this environment? How do we make sure we have more enough money in this, you know, post COVID just inflation environment? And those are the questions people need to be able to answer for themselves and need to be able to provide compelling answers to the marketplace for. So you did that. You started to think about it. You started to write about it. Now, you're now sought after, right? That's what everybody wants. Everyone wants to be sought after in business. Everyone wants people to come to Absolutely. them. People come to you. I came to you. Tons of people come to you. Talk to me about the process of how that happened, brother. Sure. Um, so a lot of life is opportunity meets preparation. And I'm a firm believer in that. So... Um, like, like I said, I, I identified the gap like you said, but then I did the work, like identifying the gap is, you know, step one, but that's, that's not going to get you there. Uh, I had to do a lot of work to be able to communicate when I get up there on a, in a stage or in an article and be able to weave history, data, storytelling into a convincing argument. Like I, I started off actually writing articles, right? So I started off writing articles for New York Times, Washington uh, Post, Wall Street Journal. And you have to, in 800 words, you have to say something that is so convincing, one that an editor cares about it. It's like the elevator pitch for businesses. Yep. Um, so I had, I had to master that craft 
but I had to do the work. Um, and then, then as I started doing the work, creating a followership, not being a butthead in my own community to where people respect me. Um, because when somebody seeks me out now, right? So I'm on you know, all the new, CNN, um, all Fox News, all of them. Um, it's because one, I have experience, recognized experience and credibility in, in the work I've done. Um, so that's building building out that like, why should people listen to you? Actually, in writing, that's the first question that I was taught in writing is, right, you have something important to say, but then, okay, why you? Why is somebody going to listen to you? Is one is there, I've done the hard work, um, but I can I can communicate because there's lots of people that are smarter than me. To be honest, around the world, that, that's not it. When I tell my children, is that yeah? But who's going to work harder than me in this field? This is entrepreneurship. It's as much as in academics. Um, if you want something, you've got to work for it. And I I have worked hard for over a decade just in this. Um, and I am, I still work every day. There, there's no stop. So when I started becoming popular because of Ukraine, because Ukraine was urban, um, I had to keep studying. I had to keep understanding cities in Ukraine, cities uh, around Eastern Europe and, and, and understanding my craft. Like the work never stops. There's no stopping. You know, that's important too, because in the world of thought leadership, you know, we say to people, you got to continue to do the work. You got to continue to do, do the craft. You can't just use what you've been using for the last five years and say, okay, that's good enough. I, I did it. I've no. arrived. There's, there's no more iteration required. No, there's iteration required. Like in my field, right? Uh, we teach people about thought leadership and how to use that in order to stand out and monetize your expertise. So, okay, good. As a concept, that's great. But then people are going, okay, Nikki, how do I do it? How do I do it? How do I do it? And just recently we thought through, okay, you know what? There's actually, we've identified 10 channels, 10 channels in which you can actually get your thought leadership out there and monetize it. So first of all, you can go to people, you know, what we call your warm market. You can call them and you can find out what are the key issues, the key gaps they're facing. And if any of them are facing the gaps that you're looking to, to solve with your solutions, then obviously that's an opportunity. Secondly, it's to actually ask for referrals, ask people to introduce you to people, right? I'm sure you do that all the time too. You ask for introductions, right? To keep people that are, that are valuable for you to be able to get your work out there. So ask them for referrals. That's important. Thirdly, podcasting. I'm a big believer in podcasting. As you know, I host a couple of podcasts. I go on a lot of podcasts. I think those, those, those things are super, super important. They've generated a lot of money for me. Now, five years ago, I was podcasting, but did I think podcasting was going to be like a huge uh, way of making money? Yeah, not necessarily at that time, to be sure, right? And then um, after podcasting, then there's book writing. I mean, you do a lot of book writing. You've got books out there. A book can establish your credibility. A book can get people to come uh, seek you out, you know, and then you can actually create, um, you know, like online, uh, an online presence, like uh, social media advertising and Google advertising and creating some sort of like a, a funnel to get people in. That's like, that's like the fifth one, right? 
And then you can speak. You can go speak on stages on people's behalf. I'm sure you do quite a bit of speaking. Like stages, that's number six. That's that's pretty important and uh, and impressive. Then there's some sort of affiliate program. Like, you know, if somebody can help you sell 50,000 books and you'll go, okay, well, I'll give you a dollar a book or whatever, right? That's an affiliate relationship uh, to, to do that. Uh, so affiliates, you know, that's, that's important. And then uh, after affiliates, there's... Um, hiring people to make calls on your behalf. That's like publicists, appointment setters, that sort of thing, right? That's the other thing. So hiring someone to make those calls on your behalf. And then uh, finally, it's make those calls yourself, be a good old cold caller, dial for dollars. So these are all the, the channels that are available to you for you to be able to go out there and spread the message of your thought leadership, right? And people go, Okay, all right, this is new that we identified all of these for people and say, look, there, we have some preferences on ones we think work best, obviously, but you don't have to take our preferences. In fact, we're kind of agnostic. We say you got to be willing to, to work with any and all of these. So that's the sort of thing that I think people want to hear from us, what new thought leadership looks like. And in your field, well, the war in Ukraine. Ukraine's urban environment is different than the United States or Canada or the UK, so or Iraq's for that matter, right? I mean, I mean, I bet yep. you a lot of the a lot of the streets and homes in Iraq's were smaller and narrower. The buildings were maybe not made with a sturdy material in certain spaces. The building could crumble. Uh, uh, you know what I mean? If uh, if it took fire in, in certain cases, the walls would just completely crumble. That wouldn't necessarily maybe happen in certain other environments. So I, I'm just guessing here. I could be totally completely off. No, absolutely. No, absolutely. No, you're on it. Look at yeah. you. But yeah, um, yeah. So tell me your thoughts on that because that's what I'm getting from what you're sharing here. So I, I love those. I mean, those are amazing. I think those are all spot on. And if you look at my own rise, you're going to find almost every one of those channels. Um, I have a podcast show, the only podcast show dedicated to urban warfare um, that I've had for years that's been a part of my... Um, so I... I think it's. I actually did this too when I when I we stood up a research center at at West Point, um, but we had to look through this stuff that's you know it's not rocket scientists, but it's hard work on identifying who your audience is, and then building your megaphone, and that you know, that's my own words to many of those steps you're talking about. But if you Google my, my name, you say John Spencer Urban Warfare, you're going to get John Spencer. You're going to get me, um, and that building that reach is something that I work hard on as well. I actually tell people a lot in my field, like you, there's one thing about um, doing urban warfare, like doing the research and the thought leadership. But then there's another one about being urban warfare, like being out there. Like, so I couldn't do one of these channels alone and then think that I was going to um, rise to the top of even my field or any field uh, in, in the, the complex world we live in, right? Of, of audiences and influence. Um, so we, I worked really hard on building that megaphone on social media. Like I'm on every platform, um, but it, it is building my megaphone in my reach. So your know, Twitter is one of my main, because in my field, that's, that's where a lot of discussions happen. You have to be active um, and you can actually monitor it, right? So Google analytics with your website, you can, watch how people are responding to what you're trying to do to increase your reach. Uh, and, and that's all been a part of my work. So I, I loved all those. I mean, those, those are all spot on. Absolutely. 
Well, while you were saying all this, I actually Googled you and I went on LinkedIn and I just sent you a connection request there. Nice. But, Thanks, brother. Yeah, it, it, it's pretty intense what you what you've created there. Uh, so, yeah, if someone goes and looks you up. Oh, now it says uh, John Spencer Twitter. There you go. Um, wow. Amazing. 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 So there you go. Yeah, you, you, you are. Yeah, you're pretty big on Twitter, man. You got like over 140,000 followers. Thanks, brother. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it is, and, but you had to, I mean, like, like we're talking about, if you want anything in, in business or in life, you got to work hard. I, I work hard to be urban warfare um, and, and, and to learn and, and to collaborate and uh, developing my elevator pitch. Uh, it, it's all, we talk about it in every field, but in mine, um, you can track that rise from and there are ebbs and flows, right? There, there, there are um, times when you're like, I, I don't know if I'm on the right path, uh, but that's the commitment that that's required to achieve the levels that we have. Yeah, hundred percent. And I, I think what you've done with your books are great, man. Um, you know, you've only written nonfiction books so far, right? Right. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to write a novel with you, man. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm always up for new opportunities. Actually, so I've written two books so far. The, the Connected Soldiers was a memoir, which has the leadership and, and you know, things that are passionate, that I was passionate, I am passionate about, about team building and finding human, you know, the purpose and meaning in life. Uh, but my second book, which is or Understanding Urban Warfare, right? There is power in... Uh, connecting with people and having them understanding what's coming out of your mouth. So I, I, I'm, agree. yeah. So my book is called understanding urban warfare because it's, it's not as easy as people think to just understand what, what, what are you talking about? Urban in general war fighting. Um, and I think that's how, you know, we talked about on the last show yeah. opportunity meets chance. A war started in Ukraine, right? I've been, there are wars around the world. I felt passionate about helping Ukrainians defend their cities. So I wrote a, a, a manual overnight for somebody to protect their cities, literally not to die and to help the military defend their cities. And that went viral in itself because it was opportunity meets preparation. And, and then I produced. So I, there are moments, right? And I talked about this even when I was in the military, in, in, my, in our research institute. You have to create moments or there are moments which you have to respond to. And that's what I did. So I wrote this manual for free. Um, a hundred thousand copies were printed, let alone the digital for in Ukraine, for Ukrainians in their language. And it's now it's been translated into 12 different languages. I yeah. made nothing from it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's on my website in about, uh, no, it's in 12 languages. Um, but people will translate it for me and I, I'll put it up because there are it's interesting, you know, our values, right? We, you do the things you do because of your values and our, our values. So I value freedom and I value sure. freedom around the world. And I value like you do strong men, strong people who are willing to stand up for their values for freedom. So around the world, there are lots of small people who could be bullied by bigger countries. So all of a sudden my manual is being translated into Mandarin Chinese, think Taiwan, or all other languages, which I'm not taking aside. I provided people who needed information how to build 
to build themselves stronger, really connecting to your other work, right? Um, some people yeah. need very straightforward ideas, and that's what I did with that that manual that I created with no affiliations to the U.S. government. Hundred percent. And listen, we'll put we'll put a link so people can download that, and we'll put the you know your books up there so people can purchase that. I think those are those are both wonderful and important things to do. Um, I just wrote a novel. I'm I'm, I'm going to self publish it, and uh, and I thought to myself while I was wow. listening to you, you um, it's it's a bit of a political military thriller, uh, and I, I had Jeff Michael Hop on my show. He's an ex army veteran. He fought in Desert Storm. Um, and he sold a couple million of his novels. And I thought to myself, I'm liking what you're doing here. You, you, you've got some really great knowledge around this, this whole topic. And you, you, uh, you, you can speak with a lot of authenticity. I got a bit of a flair for storytelling. This could be good. We could, we could put a little book together. Let's, uh, let's, let's do something, man, and inspire some people. Because, um, hey, it's been a dream of mine to get a bunch of novels written. I've written a bunch of nonfiction books myself, but uh, if that appeals to you, I'd love to chat with you about it. I think it's uh, it's the kind of thing Absolutely. right now. Facts tell, stories sell. You know what I'm saying, right? People love stories. Yeah, hey, yeah I, I mean, I got to put food on the table just like everybody else, but when, I mean, how inspiring is it? Or I, I, I mentioned on the podcast recently to trigger the guy's self-actualization. I feel like I've I've achieved what I'm supposed to be doing. I love the power of storytelling. And that can apply to sales, to business, to just my ability to communicate to kids, you know, fellow veterans, you name it. I love the power of storytelling. It is really the history of our humans is the ability to tell stories and the stories that transcend times. Um, there's some stories coming out of Ukraine, and it has nothing to do with your beliefs about the area, but there are human stories that I think would transcend time. Uh, like everybody loves the story of 300, right? Yeah. The, the King Leonidas and the 300. It just touches our soul. It, is, it gives me goosebumps. Um, there's, there's, a, there's a story like that coming out of that came out of Ukraine uh, where these guys held out in an underground bunker for over two months against just a horde people 20,000 attacking it but the the story i'm telling you would inspire generations oh my god let's that, tell that story i'm like i'm pumped <laughs> yeah you haven't heard that story of, of the the battle no. of mariopol oh man it is so amazing and take out all the you know the disinformation and everything i i actually judge people by their actions yeah so these 3,000 men and women fought off 20,000 russians you know, a variety of, of formations for over 80 days and they end up pull, pulling back into this underground bunker and they're never they they never were going to lose it was their version of the alamo um and they eventually surrendered uh because they were told to but uh it it, it every day i was just glued to the tv it will become a part of their national identity just like our stories do right whether um it's you know Yorktown, Washington stories. Yeah, these stories, storytelling is so powerful, man. It's, I love it. It's, it's a passion. So absolutely, um, I I am all for opportunities. And if you want to collaborate to tell an amazing story, I'm, I'm all in. 
Yeah, and this one sounds like it's a good story. Well, let's 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 talk about that offline. But okay. I mean, we'll we'll kind of segue back into the conversation we're having around that. Storytelling is important inside of business these days. Like, yeah. um, there's a fellow by the name uh, of Donald Miller. Don talks a lot about storytelling. He's got a program called Story Brand, where he gets into the power of storytelling in really helping people understand what your business's message is. His, his tagline is when you confuse, you lose. But when you have a clear, powerful story, that inspires people, right? I mean, this Mariupol story, uh, it, it's very inspiring because these are people fighting for their homeland who fight off 20,000 Russians for 80 days. That just makes you want to just jump up and cheer, right? And yep. that's what you want to create inside the stories that you tell people inside a business. I tell a story whenever I go on someone else's podcast about someone that we helped and this this story i mean without getting into the whole thing uh right now this story the way that it ends off is so powerful that every host that listens to it just goes wow that was awesome that was amazing and they they all want to they all want to hang around me more like like i'm somebody special just because i told the damn story you know i'm not i'm not so darn special but because the story came from me and i was involved in the story it makes people want to be a part of it. Stories are how we share our human experience. At the end of the day, we need one another. We need friendships. We need stories that we can connect with. We need to be connected to each other. That's what makes us <laughs> truly, truly actualize ourselves at our highest level. And I think that's what thought leadership allows for, especially thought leadership when you're the very best in the world at what you do. That's what fasc fascinates me, John. You are the best in the world when it comes to thought leadership around urban warfare. Wow. Well, thanks, brother. Um, and, and I agree. I, I, if stories are the way we pass on lessons to generations, it's how we survive as humans. Um, you think it, it's, it's, it's primal. Um, and you meet a few times in your life, master storytellers, right? Whether it's a businessman, um, it's a, you know, an actor or something, it doesn't matter the topic they can, I can, I would just listen to them. And, and that, that connection, it's just interesting that you kept saying that word. Cause you know, that's just, that's the point of my book connected soldiers is that it's, it's literally one of our human needs is connections tribe. We call it your, your tribe community, uh, band of brothers, you know, th these words, because we need it, but, in those stories, you know, even within our tribes, there is there has to be a storyteller. You might call them a leader. Um, leaders are inspirers, connectors, storytellers. Um, if you can evoke the emotion in a person, they'll follow you into the depths of hell, and that's and that's powerful. They really will, you know. They really, really will, uh, and it's it's brilliant. Uh, that stories can be used in such a way to to connect with people. And I think it's amazing what you've done uh, inside your thought leadership. Um, you know, tell us a little bit about your 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 books because I think people here will be fascinated by them and they'll be interested in, in in purchasing them and reading them. Sure. So my book, Connected Soldiers, like I said, it's a memoir of my two combat experiences. Uh, one where I jumped in a part of an airborne unit. Um, which is an amazing experience, right? Because I, I think one of the you know, we train in the military um, almost like a football team, and you're an elite 
athlete, you're an elite warrior, but some people can do an entire career and never get the chance to, to, to put that into practice. Um, I was given that opportunity, jumped into Iraq, um, out of, you know, landed in a parachute in the middle of the night. And then as a platoon leader led 40 men for over a year in some really bad situations. But um, there's a, a really, a guy I, I love because of his power of storytelling named Sebastian Younger, who has an eight minute TED talk about why soldiers miss war. Um, because it is the height of the human experience when you're in a in an environment like that where life and death, but you're you're so close that you become brothers and you're willing to die for each other. So in my book, I talk about that year um, with all its ups and downs, disconnected from the world, you know, everything that I had imagined through the stories I had listened to about war became a reality. Um, and then I transitioned in the book to talk about going back to war in 2008. Uh, now as a company commander, it's a different war in Iraq. It's a, you know, they're on the verge of civil war. I'm a different person. Um, the army is different. I actually had to lead a company who has been knocked down. Um, in history, this happens, right? But the, the entire organization is failing. I get, I get brought in and say, told to fix it. And, and I, I struggled as a leader, as a man, as a, um, even as a warrior who had been trained up to that moment to put that organization back together. And lead it in war, in combat, while the one thing that was different, though, from 2003 was that while they are connected to the outside world, unlike they've ever been in human history, right? Yeah. It's, it's life. We're more connected today than we've ever been in hu human history, but in some ways, we can be more alone than we've ever been, right? You can go down into these virtual worlds, stay connected to every facet of your previous lives and whatever, or, or go down rabbit holes and, and self-radicalize and all these things. So I had to lead and rebuild this company of over 150 men while they're also connected to their outside world, unlike ever before in war. So some of the things that we do in war to build teams and to motivate people and to build cohesion um, are complicated in, in, with new challenges of connections. And, but it also helps when you connect people uh, so I talk a lot about that in my book and then I end the book with, um, actually, uh, coming, retiring from the military. My wife who I in, in war goes off for, and I'm at home with three small kids. And what is that like for, for this? Um, it's a very personal, very deep memoir that I hope, and I've been told so far that there's a lot there in lessons for life and in leadership and in, you name it, um, so I was trying to do a lot, but it, it was really like me bleeding on paper, trying to tell my story. So that's the book, Connected Soldiers. And that sounds like a fantastic book. I'm, I'm looking forward to reading it, brother. I think it's uh, it's wonderful that you have told your story. I, I just recently read a book by Stephen Mansfield called Men on Fire. And in there, he talks about the fire of, of brotherhood. And he talks about how much men need um, brotherly love. So this is this is about needing that masculine friendship. Okay, and so men are men are quick to make friends when they're boys, right? You're in school; it's easy to make friends. You connect with each other, and um, it's great. But when school's over and you get into life, 
you let those friendships rust. And the military is one of the places where after school, you still have an opportunity to make those kinds of friendships, have those kinds of bonds. And when people leave uh, war, it's not so much that they miss getting shot at per se. They just miss having that sense of mission. They miss having that brotherhood, those ties with somebody. And I have not been in the military, but I've been in, in certain men's groups and we, we, we have a quasi-military ethos to us in that we act like brothers. We do stuff with one another. Men need that. I think all people need that, but women are better at it than men. They're better at maintaining friendships than men are. They're better at getting together and doing things with their girlfriends. We are not so good at it. And that's one no. thing that's got to shift and change because that's why men are committing suicide at six times the rate of women out in the world. Yeah, I actually, I, I mentioned it in my book, I, I mentioned it on podcast, I, so I didn't mention it to you. I grew up without a father. So I grew up with a very strong, disciplined, hard mom who, but who had to lead three jobs to raise three kids because our, our father left us. Um, at one point, we're homeless. Uh, I can look back and now and understand how much she was struggling. But I grew up without that male influence and those male connections, even in school as we were moving from school to school, the military gave me that. Um, and I, I, I reflect on that often, but it is. So we actually have this saying in, in, in the military, we will call each other brothers. Um, yeah. Once we create that bond, um, it, th- these are my brothers from another mother. Uh, it, it is such a, a rich human experience. And when you get out of the military and you get disconnected from that, a lot of us do struggle to find our new tribe, to find our new community of men. And, and, and no, my, I met my wife in war. She is a strong warrior princess. And I'm so happy that my children get to get, to get that experience. Uh, I mean, she kicked, she got cancer um, and showed my kids what happens when you face adversity I love that I have a warrior princess as a, as a wife who also has experienced that sisterhood and brotherhood in the military. That is human, right? It's not like you said, it's not one the military is a great experience, but only 1% of our population does that. And that's okay. There's lots of ways to form, to serve your communities, to serve your brothers and sisters and to create bonds like that, but you have to seek them out. Um, And I, I struggled with that when I got out of the military a little bit on finding my new, new community, my new tribe. Um, in some ways, it's part of the process is to struggle, but it is when people think they're alone that bad things happen. You know, I think um, President Nixon, at the time when he uh, got rid of the draft, thought he was doing a good thing, and there was a lot of people that were happy when the draft went away. But I wonder if it was such a good decision. I wonder if it would have been better for everybody to go through uh, military service, learn those skills, create that brotherhood. I, I think that's important. And if, if I ever become dictator for life, one of the first things I'm going to do is make military service compulsory for everybody. They're, they're going to need to go through it because I, I just think it's important. I think it's powerful and I think it helps everybody. So if, um, those are my thoughts on that. 
so I, I mean, I, I've struggled with that too. I think service should be mandatory. Um, we, we couldn't. Um, so interesting about Ukraine, my Ukraine visit, I want to share this with you. So you know, about, about storytelling. So one of my favorite movies is a movie called Night's Tale. Um, and it's it's a, it's a, it's a good movie, but there's a scene in it that gives me goosebumps every time I see it. Just like these other stories that we all can appreciate and we love, um, where this guy is in the the gallows. And it, I don't know if you have you seen this movie called Night's Tale. Yeah, is this the one with Heath Ledger? Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, forget sure. forget the entire movie, but this one scene where he's in the he's in the gallows, um, and he he, he basically being sentenced to death, and the the, the king comes out you know, hidden and tells them to take a knee. And he says, if I knew nothing about you is that your men love you. Uh, that gives me goosebumps one, because I've experienced it, yeah. but it's, if, when I went to Ukraine, forget any information that's out there about it. When I looked into some of those warriors eyes who had fought off Russians, if I knew nothing about them is that the people to their left and right loved them and they had fought for each other. Uh, it's so that's awesome. such a passion yeah it, it gives me goosebumps when i see it uh whether it's in movies or i've had the pleasure of seeing it in real life that's such a that's why soldiers miss war that's why because. soldiers miss war damn damn that's a powerful way to, to to you know to 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 bring things and wrap things up today so um brother uh we're going to put your book uh, in the show notes. I'm, I'm assuming it's available at all places. People buy books. So we'll do that. And um, this manual uh, of yours, um, what's the link so people can download it? Sure. It's on johnspenceronline.com. So I John put it out there online. because, yeah. And I put it online for free for the world because I, you know, you got up all your passions. Um, and my other book, uh, brother that'll come out in a couple of weeks called understanding urban warfare it's more of that academic you know the knowledge i've built through my podcast which is really interesting um because my podcasts are about learning right i learn from you hopefully we can share knowledge with other people 100 percent. i think that um that manual you ought to um put yourself out there for hire for certain countries military organizations to go out as a consultant and show them because i i i think that's important candidly it, it'd be a nice business yeah. for you um but uh people need more than a manual man <laughs> that's for sure so um, i mean yeah i have a dream job brother i do um from going uh, i got stories that's the gift of life um is to have experiences like these and sometimes um opportunity meets preparation there you go there you go. So yeah, maybe, maybe the Institute will, will, uh, will loan you out to some of these countries and uh, you'll charge a good buck for it uh, as part of the process. Cause I think that's incredible what you're doing. So um, someone wants to get a hold of you, John, what's the best way? Um, so John Spencer online.com or you know, like we talked about, I'm on every social media forum. Twitter's my main one. So at Spencer guard. It sounds awesome. All right, brother. We'll make sure all that information is in the show notes. So listener, John Spencer is the real deal. He is the best in the world in his area of thought leadership. And if that's something you aspire to, you would be wise to listen to this podcast, take a lot of notes and apply it to your business. Go grab a hold of his book, Connected Soldiers. 
go uh, to John Spencer online and download his manual on urban warfare, reach out to him, connect with him. There's a lot you can learn from this man. And I think that's super important, super fantastic. And listen, make sure you visit our website, eCircleAcademy.com. There's all kinds of resources there on how to expand your thought leadership. If you want to have a conversation about your business, about how to apply thought leadership to your business and how to monetize that, there's a button there on the top right-hand corner that says, book a success call. And just like it says, you click on the button, you book a call, you book a success call. We'll talk about what it's going to take to help bring greater success to you, to your business, and to help you really be seen as that go-to thought leader in your space. You want to be the number one thought leader in your space. It's a beautiful thing to aspire to. It'll let you do what you were meant to do at the highest level, give you a lot of satisfaction, and learn how to monetize it with our help. It'll really be a good thing for you. John, thank you so much for being on the show with me today, brother. It was an honor to have you on. Thanks, brother. Likewise. And that wraps up another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. To find out more about today's incredible guest, the one and only John Spencer, go to the show notes at thethoughtleaderrevolution.com or wherever you listen to this podcast, be it iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Audible, Google Play, or anywhere else. Until next time, goodbye. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice.